Welcome to the Success with God and Psych podcast, where it's all about a purpose-driven life where God and psychology mix together and guide your way. And now, your host who's funny, informative, and a straight shooter, doing this so you have a better life, Dr. Jessica Kersner. Hey, 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 you know what I like to say? There's no better day than today for blessings, impact, and purpose. And happy 2019, guys. It's 2019. Can you believe it? 2019. It's another year, another day to live, another 365 days to make it what you want, to make your life look like what you need, what you desire, to get the love, the career, the, the all your goals met. Um but I hope everyone had a happy holiday with your family, your friends, felt the love. We're back uh, from our holiday hiatus. And I am super duper excited to be back recording, to be back talking to you guys. And tonight I have my beautiful, handsome, smart husband. He looks kind of grumpy right now, but David's here with me. Say hey, baby. Hello. <laughs> and we're going to talk about trust tonight. So tonight we're going to talk about trust in your relationship. What is it? What does it look like? And how do you preserve it? And that's what we're going to do, guys, right after the break. All right. And we're back. And so let's talk about trust. Uh, so we're, I'm here with David. And uh, I, mean, you know, I want to talk about what we think about trust first. Before I get into like defining trust or, um, you know, what is trust in your relationship? I want to think, let's talk about what did, what did you think? And I'll let David start. What did you think trust was in your youth? Like before we've done like marriage counseling and before we've like, you know, built our relationship together for what we know trust to be and how to work on it. What did you think trust was in your prior relationships or just period? What did you think it was? You know, I think trust is when you, uh, put faith in another person that they have your best interest, your your uh, physical safety, your emotional uh, safety, your social safety uh, in hand. Um, so whether it be a teacher, uh, a coach, a parent, um, you trust that they're going to have your best interests in hand and they will guard your trust for you. Okay. So you said, okay, you said a, a, an important thing. I think I heard there, cause you said, you know, uh, tr you put your faith that somebody, whether it's social or any situation has your safety in place. And so for you, trust was all about safety. Yes. Okay. So for me, I would say that when I was growing up trust or just my early thoughts about trust, um, was just, were people reliable? You know, could I trust you to do what you said you were going to do? And so it's more about, you know, were you a person of your word? You know, could I count on you to, if you said you were going to be here, be here. Could you, if you said you were going to do this, are you going to do it? And I think a lot of that came from just, you know, my parents were, my, my biological parents divorced. Um, and uh, my biological father was a person who, said things that he would do and did not. Um, and you start to, I started to form the basis of 
a trusting a person being on whether you could say it or not. So if, if you told me you weren't going to be able to make it happen, then at least I knew what you said was what it was going to be. So it's not that, um, I don't know. I guess then it was more about emotional safety for me. You know, it's more just, can I count on you to do what you say? Um, so can I feel that I'm not going to be hurt or disappointed because you tell me one thing and then do another? Um, you know what I'm saying? You have any stuff like that, David? Yeah. Um, well, I think, I think a lot of that hit me, uh, when I was older, um, you know, like college and early professional career, um, my parents tended to do what they said and said what they did. Uh, so it built a lot of trust and maybe almost too much trust and a lot of authority figures. Uh, and then when I got out there, as they say, into the real world, um, you know, especially in the professional work, work area, there was a lot of trust that was uh, routinely violated by uh, whether it be coworkers uh, or, or managers, uh, people you held, uh, held with respect um, so there was a lot of, a, a big learning process there, uh, that, you know, you, you trust someone, uh, but then you verify. What do you mean? You trust, but verify. You know, you, uh, you, you trust what they say, but you, you keep, uh, sort of a feather in your cap of, Hey, did they actually say that they were going to come back next, you know, next Thursday with the goods they promised? Uh, did they call you? Like they said, did they, you know, look out for you in the boardroom? Like they said, you know, in a relationship, did, uh, did she call when she was supposed to, or, um, did she do what she was supposed to, um, a lot of those, you know, more of those red flags or uh, expectations that you learned when you were when you were younger, uh, I just didn't learn until I was uh, much older. Okay, I think for myself, when trust, the what it changed to when I was older was kind of like you said, a trust verify. And in, in the beginning, it was, hey, you know. Are they say? Do they say what they mean? Do they mean what they say? And I really wasn't. A, I mean, I was a kid, so I wasn't verifying. But as I got older, it really was. I'm on a sixty forty rule. I'll give you sixty percent of trust up front to say that what you say to me, I can kind of take that. But in the forty percent, I'm going to be doing like you said. I'm verifying, and you can go up from there or down from there. But everybody kind of starts there. And so, you know, and my trust relationship still though was built from those early relationships, like you said. With your parents, you know, they did what they say. But you said one thing that I wanted to ask about. So when you said that they did that almost too much, what does that mean? Like, what is that? How do you feel like that affected you? You said that that was almost like too much there, that they just did said what they said and then did it. I can't, you know, I can't think of a of a time when I was let down per se. I mean, I can, I mean, I'm sure if I could sit and think for some time on my hand, I can, I can almost just manufacture a, a situation. Um, but you know, they, they pretty much delivered on everything they said. Um, they're like, we're going to do this. Uh, then we did that. Uh, so there was, there was real no times when my parents would say, 
even say, hey, we're going to go here next weekend. And then for whatever reason, whether it be someone got sick or my father had to work, um, then we did the, we didn't go there. So, um, none of even situations like that, that was out of their control. I can even, I can even think about happening. So maybe it created an unrealistic, uh, expectation for other people that I built, uh, professional and personal relationships with, uh, in my young adult life. So you just are like, okay, they, if, if a person messed up one time, then you were like, they're unreliable or that you couldn't trust. Them. So it was all or nothing kind of game, like black and white. Oh, you know, no, it was more like, well, you know, they didn't mean that, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't their fault. It was, it was more like I would give them uh, a complete free pass. Cause it was like, I could not process a, um, process their intentional shortfall. Uh, you know, I wrote it off as, you know, they're, you know, they're, if they couldn't make the meeting, oh, their, their car died. Or if they didn't call, you know, their, you know, their phone died. So it was, it was like, I was making excuses on their behalf when in fact I should have been, uh, evaluating them more thoroughly for if, if what they were doing was actually displaying, uh, their non-trustworthiness. Huh. Okay, well, we're going to take a break there, guys. And then after that, we're going to come back and I'm going to let David talk about that a little bit more with that. And also, then we'll get into some more trust and we'll be right back after the break. Meet Fred. Fred once fell stuck in a rut and he had trouble connecting with other people. Then Fred read the book Path to Loving Yourself by Dr. Jessica Kersner. Fred found the book interesting and exciting. The down-to-earth approach that the book takes helped to increase his self-esteem. Now, Fred spends less time feeling bad, and he grew to first love himself. Eventually, he gained the capacity to connect with others. You too can benefit from The Path to Loving Yourself by Dr. Jessica Kersner. Get your copy for only $9.95 from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or Books A Million. That's Path to Loving Yourself by Dr. Jessica Kirshner. Get up on your signed copy at healingaxcoach.org. All right. All right, all right, all right, guys. And we're back. And so let's talk about trust a little bit. So you heard David and myself talk about, okay, our early parts of where, where trust started. And the reason why that is important, because in relationships where trust begins for you and your concept of trust is very important in your relationship. And the reason why that is, is because they form your early experiences. They form your early beliefs. And if you don't uh, take a step to look at how did that come to be, then you either will continually make the same mistake or you'll keep repeating the same loop, um, whether it's good or bad. Right. And so like you heard myself say, I had my, my issues with trust and where they came from and my concept of trust. But then you also had to say, okay, let's say like David, David said he had awesome parents that were like, I mean, the minute they said something, they did it, but it still created his own pattern, um, that affected him in relationships that still was negative. Cause then he made excuses for people and it was like, Oh, I should have not trusted this person. Right. Um, so with that being said, I want to talk about trust because Stephen Covey says, trust is the glue of life. It's the most essential ingredient in effective communication. It's the foundational principle that holds our relationships. And 
when I looked in the Bible for trust, right? When we talk about which God always says you put your trust in him. And so when we talk about trust outside of relationships, I really couldn't go say outside of your relationship with God, biblically, what is he talking about there for everyone else? But we can look at what God expects you to do with him in your trust, um, with putting your faith in to say that you can count on him to what is it? And in all honesty, trust what is it, right? Uh, even biblically and the definition of trust, they all actually blend together. It is the firm belief in the reliability and reliability is consistency, right? Consistently performing. You have someone consistently doing something over and over, uh, a person or, you know, like God or your or higher power um, that they're reliable. They're telling the truth. They have the ability or strength to do or say, or be what you're, you're trusting in them. So the key here is that they're reliable, right? And whatever faucet or whatever capacity you're putting your trust in, you're saying that this person is reliable. Um, so when we talk about in your relationship, what is that like? And so when David and I were getting married and we did that great marriage counseling, we talked about what is trust? And we're in the social era, social media or the screen era, as they call it. And everyone has a phone or some type of technology where they're connected to people more than they used to be. Um, and it presents its own struggles in your relationship. So I'm gonna let David start and talk about uh, how he felt um, trust evolved just period in our relationship, or you want to talk about prior relationship, baby? You want to talk about ours? What do you want to talk about? Um, you know, um, trust um, in a in a relationship, and me and Jessica's relationship, in any relationship, it's always growing. It's always an uh, evolving. Um, we're always finding new ways uh, to to trust each other, to put that trust in one another. Um, you know, trust, uh, as, as Jessica talked about, uh, 60%, she said that she puts in immediately to people. Um, and you know, we should trust people, uh, but we should always do what we can to build that trust in our relationship. It, it's a, it's an active, I think it's an active, uh, part of relationship is to put that trust in another person, uh, to, to ease, ease any concerns they have, address any issues. Um, and to help build that trust, uh, there's a big thing in, and, and from social media is to guard that trust. Um, whether it be, uh, the way you present yourself on social media, uh, how much you talk about your, your family, um, how much you you reference to your significant other. Um, I think Jessica will acknowledge that we both know people on social media that have been married uh, for a number of years or X number of years. And to take a look at their social media, you would never know that they were married a day in their life. Um, and then there's other people that, uh, on the flip side, that have the one uh sort of name sandwich. What do they call those things? Like the Brangelina type social media where, where both the husband and wife run the same page. Um, so 
where I would say one side is uh, they're both they're both the same side, looking at it from different ways. Um, but I think uh, what me and Jessica do is we do a really balanced approach. Um, we we talk about each other on our own page. We talk about each other on our on on the other pages. Um, there's there's no question that. Uh, on my page that I love my wife and on her page that she loves me and we are completely uh, committed to each other. So that's a way that we um, guard against uh, outside influences and we sort of put up that deterrent uh, to people that might want to cause interference that uh, that's not something we're about. Yeah. So if we say that part of trust, it is true that, you know, you, and I guess, you know, I guess that people would argue and say, well, you know, we don't have to show our relationship on social media. And my challenge to that would say, if you are a person, you're not active on social media, no one would expect you to be showing your family on social media. Right. And I'm not talking about like your LinkedIn or your professional pages. We're talking about like your personal pages. But if you're active. So if you're a person that you just don't have a Facebook for the sake of, you know, you for what it was created for, which was to keep you connected with your college friends or your high school friends. Um, and you really don't ever use it. But if you're active, you share stuff every day. You're sharing pictures of you all the time and you're at work um, and you never show your wife or you never show your kids. Then people question. Um, and I think it's just natural for people to question because then it's like you're disclosing your life, but you don't disclose this part. And why is that? Um, and, you know, some and it really comes down to what you and your partner agree to. Uh, because if you're in your marriage, right, and your partner says, you know what, I don't want to be on social media, and the other person says, no, I don't want to be on social media either, you know, I don't want us to put our family out there, then that's what you agree on. And that's where that trust comes. We trust that we have agreed upon this, and I want you to consistently perform in that area, you know. Um, but uh, for David and I, we have always just agreed on the, the premise of let's guard our trust. So uh, he went to college, I went to college and we're both very social people. And so for us, the thing was, you can, we can have friends, you know, like we've had friends before, uh, you know, we can have people we talk to on social media. Uh, but um, what's the transparency there? And the thing that we did, we have um, like joint passwords that we both, we use a community password in our marriage so that let's say if I wanted to go log into his Facebook, I can, I don't, I rarely ever have I ever in the past. Yes. Um, has he logged into mine? Yes. But have, do we do that every day, every week, every year? No, I can't think of the last time. I can't think of the last time I've logged into it, but at the same time, we still have that password so that if I wanted to, I could. And if he wanted to, he could. Um, and so, at any point in time, if he wanted to have access to who I'm talking to, what's happening, just randomly check it, he can. But we also do that with our bank accounts. We do that with our financials. We do that in every aspect of our life um, where we have joint access to everything. There are no hidden pieces. There are no things that he has off limit because when we got married, we were one. And for us, that trust was in the belief that I can consistently believe that he agrees that we are one and we are transparent and we are on what we agreed upon. And um, 
that he told the truth about it. He has the ability to keep that up and the strength that when it needs to, when it's difficult, you are still going to adhere to that. And I think we, it's not like it's just a walk in the park, but it's, it's one of those things that just is because we're married and you just say, that's what you do when you're married. You know, that's what you do in a relationship when you're saying, I want this relationship to go forward. What do you think? Any other thoughts on that, babe? Yeah, I think the the most important thing you talked about in that was um, the two people have to come and come to an agreement. Um, what works uh, for two people in a relationship, say our next door neighbors, uh, won't necessarily be what works for us. And what works for me and Jessica won't necessarily be what works for you and your significant other uh, that are listening this evening. Uh, so I think the most important thing is really have um, those really important conversations about what trust means for you, how to verify that trust uh, with your partner, and what you can do to verify that trust. Now, you guys know I always have my caveats. And so David said that, um, you know, um, what works for one was not what doesn't work for other. You want to always be careful about getting into controlling situations with this because you have some people who are insecure and they're the things they would need you to do to protect their trust are unreasonable and, un, uh, and just not acceptable. Right. And they would say that this is what they need to think you're performing consistently and reliably, but you don't want to get yourself into, uh, a controlling situation trying to, um, trying with someone trying to use the caveat that you're trying to protect their trust and not make them feel insecure. Because when someone is insecure, there's never enough that you can do. You know, you can have all the passwords, they can have access to your phone. And at the end of the day, they're a person that they'll want you to video them when you're somewhere because they still don't have enough proof that you are where you say they are. And that person needs to go back and deal with what we talked about in the beginning, which are those early messages of trust that were broken for them. Or sometimes it's not just necessarily the beginning, it's the middle where they have made past mistakes or have witnessed some things that has put them in a place where it has made that insecurity grow. There are things that are that are sometimes uniform. And the one thing that is uniform is that people can agree that when we, um, when you have trust, there's reasonable and unreasonable. And it's like, if we sit here and we poll 10 people, are we doing something that's reasonable, right? Um, because it is unreasonable to say, I should never talk to anyone ever to protect your trust and only talk to you, right? That's not, that's not reasonable. Um, but saying that, hey, you know, if you're going to go have lunch with an opposite sex coworker, send me a text message so I know, or let me know later that make sure I know about it. So no one tells me that, hey, you're on this lunch date. And it was like, or it looked romantic or say you're going to take another person with you so that, okay, hey, you take another coworker with you. So it doesn't look like anything inappropriate. Um, and because appearances, they matter, right? Um, because you know what you're doing, but everyone else does not. And so it's like, but to say that, you know what, uh, you need my permission or you need me to, it's like, no, 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 that's a little far. But at the same time, what can we agree upon that? You know, we'll get it where you can know that I'm consistently performing it with truth, ability, and strength, right? That's what we want to go for. Truth, ability, and strength. 
So because sometimes I don't have the ability in this moment because it's a crisis or because something happened, you know, am I still able to tell you the truth? And do I still have the strength to do what is right when I need to? Um, and with that, we're going to take a break and then we're going to come back and we'll talk a little bit more about this trust thing, guys. Sometimes we say things to ourselves like, I am never going to get any better than this. Uh, I can't do this. I can't overcome this. And when we do that, what are we saying? I'm really saying to myself, today is the best day of my life. And every day after this will pretty much suck or I will never get any better than I am right now. This is the best version of me. Do we believe that? No. Does that sound depressing? Yes. Speak life to yourself. Say positive things to yourself. It matters. What you say to yourself matters for you. And so I say things like, hey, I can do better than this. It can get better than this. And everything starts to reflect that as well. Positive talk helps. And so start some positive talk today. This has been your Focus Me Minute with Dr. K. Uh, please email me at Kersner, Jessica at gmail.com that's k-e-r-z-n-e-r-j-e-s-s-i-c-a at gmail.com all right guys and we're back so we kind of talked about the history of trust you know between like okay so you need to know your past so if you're in a relationship and you guys have trust issues the place you start is what are your early experiences with trust what do you believe trust to be as you heard david and myself even though we're married now we both had very two different concepts of trust and how they were formed and what it was. Right. But then when we come together, it can't be the same thing. Like his thing can't be that I have to do the exact thing every single time. And mine's also cannot be just saying, you know what, is he going to always do what he says he's going to do? Because like he said, there has to be some gray in the middle. And like I said for myself, you know, I can't hold you to something from the past. Right. Um, so you have to start in the beginning and say, Hmm, what's, where do you get your concept of trust? What does that look like to you? And then sometimes people have hurts that, um, we need to not trigger. Right. And so although they need to heal while they're working on the path of healing that place, we can say, okay, I will try to do my best not to trigger that place for you. Right. And that, is a trusting place in your relationship. I'm trusting you to protect my emotions. And this can go across all faucets, but um, we want to say basically at the end of the day, start there. The second place is to sit down and come up with in your relationship, what things for you are salient for trust. So what is it? Is it that's important? You know, if it's that, okay, for me, transparency was important. It could be things change last minute. It could be, you're going to back out of what you said. I just need transparency. I need you to always feel that, you know, with David, I need to know that he's not keeping secrets. Even if it's something bad, we're not keeping secrets. Like I just don't do secrets. And that's my main thing. I just need you to tell me the truth. Right. So that truth is there for me that at all times he's going to tell me the truth. He has the ability to do it and the strength to do it. So even when he thinks I'm going to be upset, even when he thinks it's going to be bad, even when he knows it, tell me the truth. I can handle the truth. I can do what I can do with the truth. And at least I can trust him. Even if he does something I don't like, I can trust him to be the person that's always going to put me there and let me know. Right. Um, so, and that's huge. That's huge for me. And we can, I know he's in it with me in that capacity. And as you heard him say, you know, for his trusting of me, it's really just, can I, can he regard that I'm going to be, um, 
in do things in his best interest for his safety, right? Do things. I'm going to be reliable. When I do something, I'm going to always show up to the plate. I'm always going to say, do what I say I'm going to do. I'm always going to be here for him and he can count on that. Um, and so you have to sit down and say, okay, what does it look like for me? What does it look like for you? And it doesn't mean that our two things have to be the same. It's just that we have to have an understanding of that person's, um, I have to understand of his and he has an understanding of mine, of what it is. And then we move forward, then come up with a plan. Um, of in our relationship is kind of like an agreement. Like when you got married and you made vows, right? Who knew you'd have to take it a step further, but you say, Hey, let's agree that this is what we're going to do for each other. So this is how we will meet yours. And this is how we will meet mine. Um, and in that place, it should be all things you want to do because you love that person. And that person is not trying to be controlling or not trying to come from a place of insecurity. And if they are, be free to say that because that's the, that they can trust for you to say the truth to them. Right. And say, no, that's not okay. And yes, I am doing these things. And in that, that place, you guys might need some facilitating a person to help with that. But at the end of the day, trust is difficult and trust um, is complex. It's not a one layered thing. Would you say it's one layer? No, not at all. So what do you want to leave them with on trust, baby? What do you want to say? It's like, okay, I said a whole lot because I talk all day, <laughs> but it's like, what do you want to say, leave them with on trust? What do you say? Hey, listeners. Uh, trust, it's it's built over, over a lifetime, over weeks, over months, over years. Um, and it's something we can't take lightly because all it takes is one moment, one, one fatal instant uh, to destroy that trust. And then you might never get that trust back with that individual. Um, so it's definitely something we need to tend uh, in our relationships with each other. Uh, we need to do our due diligence um, to, to grow that trust with other people. Um I know, I know how I changed over over the years um, from being very forgiving of people, or rather over forgiving of people. Um, and it wasn't until I got that discernment of trusting people, but then verifying it. Um, it was actually a going back to that. It was actually a, a moment I was sitting in church and the pastor was talking about. You know, he's he was up there and said, you know, I can say anything about the Bible I want, uh, that's out there. And he's like, I want you to trust me on what I'm saying on the message I'm delivering to you. Uh, but I encourage you to go back and verify what I say is truth. Um, he, he put that trust out there for people, um, to say, Hey, you know, if you want to verify what I'm saying is right, uh, then please go go verify it. So it's sort of sort of like how me and Jessica, where we give each other uh, our passwords. We all have the shared passwords. It's it's that trust but verification. Um, and when I started doing that in relationships uh, myself, whether it be business relationships or personal relationships, um, I was I was really able to see things with a lot more clarity. Um, 
you know, uh, I was able to part ways with business people that weren't really doing what they were supposed to be doing. Uh, relationships, um, there were several relationships I just let go because uh, I gave those people initial trust. Uh, but then when they gave me a red flag of of to vi- to violate that trust, uh, me me and those people immediately parted ways. Um, and what it did was it allowed me to get the the junk relationships out of my life, the junk uh, partnerships out of my life, and really go towards something of high quality. And that's actually when I met Jessica, was when I put uh, that program, that that thought, that uh, due diligence forward to to trust but verify. All right, guys. So you heard what David said, and uh, that's it for tonight. Please subscribe uh, to the podcast and to um, Success with God and Psych. Uh, follow it on iTunes. Write reviews, guys. Um, you know, it seems that it's harder and harder to get people to write reviews, but iTunes really bases that algorithm on reviews. Um, the podcast is growing. The fo- followers are, you guys are listening. You guys are spreading the word. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I love you guys for it. Um and so, and it's growing daily, and I cannot tell you how much I'm happy about that. But please get on Helinax Dr. K on Instagram, Facebook, um, the YouTube videos start at the end of this month. I'm very excited and anxious about it. Um, uh, and I really, really, really want to see you guys, hear from you guys. Um, uh, and that's it, guys. Uh, thank you. Happy 2019 again. I'm glad to be back. And I will talk to you next Tuesday. Thank you.